Hello. Ah, finally. Hello. Good morning. <sighs> I don't like that. How are you? I don't like that. Don't yeah. like what? Why are you talking about this? <sighs> Why are you talking about this? Talk about talk. this. If you're going to talk about it, talk about it. What's happening? No, I'm not going to talk. I'm not going to talk. What's happening? You're right. You're, you're right. I'm the not repair guy, the repair guy was late. No, that late. was fine. That was fine. The repair guy was late. And then, and then your app crashed. Yeah, I, so don't you understand. Had to, I don't understand what's been going reboot. on with my, with my computer these days. You got hacked. I don't think I got hacked. You might have gotten hacked. I don't feel like mm-hmm. I got hacked, but. I got hacked. <laughs> but. The, I, I got, I got hacked. I got an anecdote. You know, where, well, I want to hear. You really got hacked? No. Oh. But, but I kind of did. Um. It's frustrating. It's frustrating. You I know, feel like something computer. has, Merlin, something has yes. changed. Something is yes. different. And, and like it used to be this same computer. I would, I would plop it down on the rain stand. I would plug in the USB-C cable, which connects to the screen. And it would just, it would just work. Everything would just work. It would come on. The keyboard would be detected. The mouse would be detected. Everything's fine. Now, when I plug the thing in, I plug it in. Mm-mm. And nothing, nothing happens. I hear the mm. computer go, which is its way of saying power has been connected. And like a, putting an Apple watch on the stand, yeah. like a little, I, I'm connected blue. Yeah, it does that. But then there'll be nothing on the screen. I'll mash on the keyboard. I'll click the mouse. Mm. Nothing happens. And then I've got to open the screen up and the screen will then be black on the inside of it. So then I'll hit the power button and nothing will happen. Oh, I have to hold down the power. It has to reboot the computer again. This is every morning now. I've done every, nothing. Nothing changed. I did nothing, nothing different. Nothing changed. <sighs> is it, it's, not, it's not simply since you got the new keyboard. No, because I don't even have that plugged in it, because I was troubleshooting what the heck was causing it. So it's not even plugged in anymore. Okay. Anyway, I don't, we don't need to talk about it. I, I'm just, uh, hi. Hey. It's frustrating, though. It's frustrating. You know, those, some of the worst kinds, I mean, there's a certain kind of terrible thing that, like, your computer simply will not boot one time, mm-hmm. or it's something super, you know, janky about it. And, like, you say, I have to stop what I'm doing and fix this for all times. <laughs> but, like, the, the one in some ways is worse is the, like, just that little pebble in your shoe kind of thing where it's like, this takes just enough time each day to drive me bananas, uh-huh. but I know there's a rain dance. Sorry if that's insensitive. That there's some voodoo <laughs> that will let me fix this. If I do the voodoo and serve the gods of voodoo, it generally will fix But like, how, what are you going to do? How are you going to troubleshoot that? I, I don't know. I'm, I've given up. I'm just going through these motions every time. You could try different. You could try a different cable. Yes. You could. Did that keyboard, ins- that keyboard installed some kind of a driver thing? No. No. Well, what's the thing you had to do to make it Windows compatible? It was just firmware? Yeah, that was a firmware update to the mm. keyboard itself that I that happened on another computer entirely. So it's... it's Corrupted fonts? <laughs> is that... St- maybe I have a bad extension. It's I should all, remove Ram all, Doubler. I'm... Uh, you know what? It's happened just enough that it's happened. Yeah. I, I have gotten to the bottom of the effing barrel and gotten to where I finally said, fine, I'll go see if there's a corrupted font. Mm. And sometimes there's a corrupted font. How do you tell? What do you, what do I do? Open font. Font book, book open. Font book, all fonts. Select all. File, validate fonts. Ooh. 
All right, it's running. Now, mostly what you're going to find, this is this is like using cold fusion. You're going to see all kinds of errors that aren't really errors. <laughs> and then you're going to see, you might see a showstopper. A lot of it will be like, you already have a copy of this true type face, blah, blah. Mine all look clean right now. I'm down to the Gs. God, why do I have all these? What am I doing? <laughs> right, why, why, have, uh, why do we have what hundreds of fonts? What am I doing? <laughs> Gujarati Sangam. <clears throat> Gujarati. Gujarati MT. Hmm. Gotham. I didn't pay for that. Um, <laughs> I thought that was part of, everyone got that as part of the Obama uh, campaign. When Obama came into office, That's right. a lot of people don't realize there was a free, you could get a free U2 album <laughs> and a copy of Gotham. Gotham. So that you could use it for your own website this or political campaign. copy of Mercury definitely wasn't paid for, so I should delete those. Hey, Dan, oh. we're here, buddy. You did it. Oh. It's a, uh, it's a, get, my bell. I, now that I'm trying to keep my office nice, I put things away and my bell's out of reach sometimes. And I'm in my underwear again. Oh, boy. Same old Tuesday. It's an optimistic day, but it's also another wet day here at the foot of Coit Tower in San Francisco. I was speaking to a massage therapist yesterday. Da, 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 da. And uh, she she was giving me stories about what happens um, as a, you know, oh, hang on. massage there. There's motorcycle rings. boy. Sorry, there's motorcycle boy. It's all right. <laughs> this is my new thing. Guy with a little mini bike, he revs it up <laughs> between 8.30 and uh, 9 every day. All right, so. You hear that? Yeah, I do. Okay, cut that off. Six, I'll, that off. I'll, I'll edit it out. Six minor problems were found. Proceed with caution. One serious error was found. Do not use this font file. The font file in question is one called Mesquite. And it has oh, a I know Mesquite. corrupt font Mesquite name. Mesquite is one of those, it looks like you made a poster for a taco festival. Mesquite. <laughs> like a wanted poster, maybe? I don't know. No, no, like one of those, ah, guarantee, spicy. Yeah, no, ah. no, Mesquite is the fake Western font. That's it. I'm removing that. Adobe font. I've removed Mesquite. it. Mesquite. Remove it. Now, I'm telling you, that's going to be it. That's <laughs> you it. got to fix it. If that's not Shame it. Shame on you. You got to come here and fix it. I'll fix it. I'll fix it. <laughs> Shame on you, Mesquite, <laughs> doing that to Dan. Now, yeah. as long as your mistral's okay, I think you're... G to G, as we say. Yeah. Um. So you went to your massagier. No, she's just a friend. I didn't go to her for a uh, massage. I was. Oh, we, we got on okay. the conversation. You move in very interesting circles. It's a regular thieves' world for you. Yeah, huh? it really is. Move, move in a little Dan's demimon. She works <laughs> with a mutual friend of ours who owns a spa here in Austin, and there was um, somebody I know. No. Oh, I say mutual friend with her. Oh, yeah, not our mutual. That makes a lot friend. more sense. She's a mutual friend with her, and um, I mean, you could you could know her, but uh, uh, there was a there's a, a news story of a guy who was a, a male a male masseuse was recently let go from the spa that our mutual her and my mutual friend owns mm-hmm. uh, because there was an allegation of uh, in a, in a, in inappropriate contact of some kind, and mm-hmm. um. I read it in the news, and then when I when I ran into her yesterday, I said, "Oh, I, you know, I was reading about this thing. What's going on?" And she says, "Oh my gosh, it's 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 crazy, because you know, of course, you always believe the uh, the person who's making the claim, and we had to let the guy go." But she's like, "I've known him for a long time, and uh, it, it you know, this is his career. He's he's got." Um, you know, a, a long track record of just being great. And they were, they were very, very surprised. Hmm. And, and of course they, they believe him, but they have to do, they have to believe the, the, um, the customer, the accuser, the accuser. So despite the fact that, you know, that 
everything else seemed fine, they had to, uh, they had to let him go. And hmm. I, I was just shocked, you know, that because I, I feel like that's, there's such a risk being a male masseuse, that whole industry. I, I just feel like you're always walking some kind of a line because then, well, what she told me, and this is the interesting part. She's like, there's always accidental contact. Like, you, she's like, it's, it, you try hard to never let that happen, but it, it does happen. She's like, you know, you, you, you accidentally bump something and you don't mean to. <clears throat> and, or you like, you live in Austin. It could be a Texas titty twist. Heck yes. You're just doing it in passing to help that's, relieve, that's relieve tension. Right. It's called rol- rolfing, <laughs> rolfing. But it's just, it's interesting <laughs> that's, that's to too, me. Is that too hard? Me doing that in a circular motion? <laughs> 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 New age music playing. Right. With the, yeah, Somebody with just the, comes in there and twists your nipples for 45 right. minutes. <laughs> you know, it's what you asked for. It says right here right. on the menu, you ticked it off. Yeah. Texas Titty Twister. I'm not making light. And this is why I'm launching my new hashtag, me neither. Mm-hmm. Um, so what um, what is this in service of? Uh, well, just that, you know, I was remembering your... Um the massage boutique that you have down the street. Oh yes. And yes, I just drew yes. a line in my dotted line in my mind. to that. Oh yeah. Well, it's <laughs> where contact are, maybe is supposed to happen. Well, I'll tell you, bud, it's real interesting. Um, that particular one, that particular massagier, which I can see uh, from uh, my office here at the foot of Coit tower is um, I think they cleaned up their act. For one thing, they they have curtains that are open now, and you can see inside. I got a feeling they might have taken a hit. Really? Now, there was another place down the street where th- they had a big, very undignified government sign with, like, caution tape taped. I mean, when they go after you, they really go after you. And it was a big, very undignified sign. And it basically said, we shut you down for hand jobs, uh, more or less. Uh. If you read between the lines, it's municipal speak. <laughs> you talk about easements. And, and anyway, that, that place, I think, I, I, I don't know. I don't know if their hot stones are doing much massaging these days. It's pretty, it's pretty widespread here. Yeah. Yes. Yes. But I don't see a lot of heavy guys in Giants uh, jackets uh, walking around nervously outside anymore. So I think they might have cut down. Or maybe they've just gone, I don't know, maybe they're doing partial release. Is that a thing? I don't think it um, is. Yeah. They, they, they... they <laughs> <laughs> Ruined finish, three dollars. Anyways, um, it's a funny time for, <laughs> for, for everyone to be sure. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's weird. She, it's weird what, out here in the sticks. I mean, people get away with all kinds of stuff. Yeah, they really do. And one of the things she told me that was interesting is she's like, usually it's the other way around. It, it's not she's making accidental contact, but they are they are trying to initiate a form of contact that she is mm. not wanting to do. Mm, okay. All right. Um, I return null on this <laughs> issue. Uh, I think, yeah, that sounds like a shame. In, in short, uh, massage therapy is a land of contrast. <laughs> so you put some stuff in notes. How you doing? You doing all right now? Yeah, you feeling better? Feeling better. Top of your game? Yeah, right, ready to go. There's a lot going on right now. It's cold. It's cold right now. My friends in Chicago and our super secret private text channel with the wind chill in uh, Chicago, it's going to be between negative 30 to possibly negative 50 with wind chill. Oh my God. They're closing down the cards against humanity office. How crazy is that? Wow. Who's going to make the cards? Um, that's wild. Okay. So here's my, here's my funny, can you hear my funny hack story? Yeah. 
Because we are a tech podcast that's very topical, uh, I had a funny thing happen yesterday, which was I picked my daughter up and brought her home, and we were hanging out. And let's see, then at one point, she was playing Minecraft with her friend, and I was laying on the bed. And in rapid succession, two things happened. Well, really, several things happened. This is about a little after four of my time yesterday afternoon. Um, I get the dreaded thing. I get a FaceTime request. I look at my phone, Mm. and I see my face on it, and I go, oh, I don't know this person. I don't know this area code. And then I just kind of like gingerly put it, gingerly put it away. Mm-hmm. Instantly, like it comes back again. It comes back again. It keeps coming back. And I think, okay, somebody's having a little fun. And so, um, actually, I I had the presence of mind to say, like, okay, I if I feel like there's some kind of nonsense going, on, I just turn everything off, just shut it all off. So in that case, on my iPhone <clears throat> and my laptop at home, I just shut off FaceTime and didn't think too much about it. Right at the same second that Scott Simpson texts me, I'm like, oh, no, were we supposed to have a call now? He's like, Leep. Can you talk? excuse me, what are you talking about? And I was like, no, 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 I'm sorry. I just got this really random FaceTime. You can probably see where I'm going with this. Yeah. But I did have the presence of mind because I'm like this. I do this with every call I get, um, you know, FaceTime or otherwise. But um, So I shut off FaceTime. But then I went over to my laptop and I entered in the phone number. And it returns with the precise name of a podcast person Mm -hmm. who I very, 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 very slightly know, who I've talked to probably twice, Mm -hmm. three times ever. And I didn't give it too much of another thought. I thought it was just some kind of a goof up. Half hour later, nine to five Mac. Boom. The story pops. Right. So just for posterity, there's a, as of yesterday afternoon, Pacific time, there's a real, real big bug in FaceTime. A, a bug that, for a variety of reasons, made me shudder. Mm-hmm. Not so much for myself, because I'm not that super interesting. I mean, you know, worst case, you know, like you're going to see me listen to Jimmy, Jimmy Buffett with my vape pen or whatever. <laughs> no. I'm not that worried. <laughs> <laughs> sponge cape. <sighs> Just blowing sick cotton. And, um, no, no, but the, the story pops up and it's chilling. It's chilling. This story reported by 9to5Mac and relatively quickly, not super quickly enough for my liking, picked up by The Verge and other places. Yeah. I know you all know this, but you, you need to realize how bananas this bug is. Here's the bug. Long story short, you call somebody on FaceTime. I think the basic idea is then you add yourself as a caller. Right. And you have the ability to essentially answer the call on behalf of the person whom you are calling. And that opens up the microphone. Even if you haven't accepted the call, audio is now being beamed to your microphone. And what I don't know about this, is it on all the devices that were called? You know you know how, like, if you have everything hooked up, all your devices ring? Yes. I, it'll be interesting to hear more about exactly how this worked. I think they're still kind of figuring out what happened. But um, So basically, whether you take the call or not, like, if that phone's near you and you didn't answer it, like, it's listening. You're, right. What is, the audio in that room is being sent to the person on the other end of the call. That's pretty Pretty horrible, yeah. And as I said to a friend, that is off the charts on the creep factor. Oh, yeah. Like somebody, like you you talk these days about how IoT devices can be used to harass and stalk people. Um, Like often, you know, like ex-girlfriends, let's be honest, people do the creepiest stuff with this kind of thing, especially on Android. But that was bad. But did you hear the rest of the bug? If you click the button to dismiss, guess what it does? It starts sending video. No. 
it starts I sending didn't know video. That part. I didn't know that part either. That's a bug that, like, I realize that is a straight bug. And as everybody says, everybody ships bugs. Marco said this on the internet yesterday. Everybody ships bugs, you know? But what do, I mean, that sounds, that sounds like the kind of thing that makes every person of every station and age question the devices that they use. Because that sounds like, imagine the worst kind of hack, not the worst hack, but like a really bad hack would be <laughs> like... Anybody can cause your devices to start listening. Oh, and by the way, if you dismiss it, the hack gets worse. It sounds like along the lines of like a ransomware thing, like one of those totally bananas. Like I don't even, so that was, that was wild. And I jumped into Slack. Um, I called my wife. I shut off FaceTime on every device in the house, just out of, you know, out of an abundance of caution, but it certainly did make me rethink oh, yeah. the earlier call that I had gotten. Oh. On FaceTime, right from a person who I've talked to twice or three times ever, who I know mostly by name. Funny thing happens last night, uh, yesterday afternoon. I don't know why I'm telling you this, except it's so goddamn weird. <laughs> a friend of mine, a friend of the show, says, "Oh, I guess this explains this weird FaceTime call that I got today." And friend of the show posts a screenshot that includes the phone number. And the other phone number, the two phone numbers that had called me in this group call. Guess what? What? It was one of them. That's the thing. Yeah. Same number. It was the same number. Oh, call God. Now, my friend of the show who's better at this stuff than me drills down contacts, said podcast person. This person had just, at the time that I received that call, just before that, apparently this person had learned about this bug and decided to test it out with their kid. And according to, the friend of the show. Yeah. Looks like I had a bunch of contacts from 2008 saved. 21 people. So, so, so in attempting to test this with this person's kid, this person also tried to do it with 21 <laughs> other people accidentally. <laughs> How does that happen? Oh my now, God. Now, you know me, I, I am, I'm not paranoid, but I'm definitely curious. And when I heard that, I was like, wait a minute. Like I, I use FaceTime four times a year. It's not just not big in our workflow. Like if one of us is out of town, we'll check in, you know, hey, call from the hotel. We'll do a check-in. You can say night-night, that kind of thing. I just don't use it. Right. I mean, it's one of those channels that is largely suspicious. Yeah. Much like the telephone. If anybody uses the telephone to contact me, I know they're not my friend or someone's dead. That's it. There's no, nobody calls me. What are you, a monster? You, you text somebody before you call them and say, is now a good time? When the kid comes to deliver the soup, I'm like, why are you calling me? Why don't you use the doorbell? I have a bespoke doorbell. Don't call me. Right? Aren't you a millennium? Aren't you supposed to know you're not supposed to call people? Anyways, this person, and I'm, I wonder if anybody who else I know that got this same thing yesterday. Because it was a little bit of a fretful moment. As I said to my friend, on the one hand, I'm glad, oh, yay, it's not some incel from 4chan. Uh, That's nice yeah, to know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a little bit of a relief. But like, how do you accidentally start a call with 21 people from a group in 2008? It's so strange. I wonder if I can find it. I wonder if there's any chance I still have. I'm entering the person's first name. I'm searching. No results found. Anyway, so that was weird. So I was, I want to say I got hacked, not really. Um, but that did happen. And it was a little bit white knuckle because I was like, what's going on? Then I saw the article. Apparently Apple and, has, is what turned off all. Well, let's give the full, let's FaceTime. give the full accounting. 
First of all, they said, as our friend Marco mentioned on Twitter, first of all, they said, oh, yeah, uh, this is Monday evening, yes, last night as we record this. Monday evening, like several hours into this hack being in the wild, in spades, trending on Twitter, Apple deigns to say, oh, yeah, we know <laughs> this is a thing mm-hmm. that you can call anybody and start listening to the room and we'll have a fix for it mm, later in the week. And we're all like, really? Like you're arguably your single best proposition. You have two things going for you right now, Apple. You make really good hardware and you're the privacy go-to people, right? I mean, you could argue that, but I feel like that's two things they can dine out on is that their hardware is extremely good and they legit actually 100% do care about your privacy. And it's a selling point. So that was disappointing. But yeah, now you say what happened next. Uh, So apparently they... um they killed FaceTime conferencing on the server side at the server. Level. Right. So nobody right now is capable of doing any kind of FaceTime conferencing, whether it's audio or video, it's completely mm-hmm. turned off. And you know what? That is pretty interesting because if you think about a kill switch, I mean, that's a kill switch, you know, being able right. to, to turn off the service for everybody. And I'm guessing, you know, I, I was reading, um, a thread. It probably was on Reddit or something that where people Mm -hmm. were talking about this. Um, and, uh, and a whole bunch of people, of course, are irate. Oh, I can't believe Apple did this. Oh, it's so, so stupid. But, you know, I'm wondering if this is something that they couldn't just fix on the server side. Like is, is a software update going to be required to every phone or is this not mm-hmm. just a server side that thing? Feels, mm, that feels very software to me. If, it does to if me hitting, too. If hitting a, like a hardwired side button causes something to happen. Yeah. That, that sound doesn't, I mean, yeah. I don't, I mean, it's not like you're sending. So I think, I think the way it is you hit the, what is it? The sleep button? Cause you don't have a button anymore on your phone. Um, you hit the, I think the sleep, dismiss, whatever, on top, click, it goes away. I mean, I'm not a hardware engineer, but I think that's happening locally. Yeah, I think so too. Um, right now it says FaceTime. <laughs> so I'm just so you know, you know what? Hey, uh, good tip for everybody. Um, Google whatever thing, you, you can use down detector for this too, but Google whatever you're looking for in the word status. And most halfway decent companies have a status page, system status in this case for Apple. And it works for Tumblr, works for Twitter, works for anything. And you can see if anything is a uh, cattywampus. Um, even terrible sites like Xfinity, I think have them. Right now it says FaceTime issue. It's got the yellow diamond. It's the only one on a sea of green dots. It's got a yellow diamond FaceTime right. issue. Yesterday, 7.16 PM, ongoing group FaceTime is temporarily unavailable. You know, Good. but, but uh, Apple did, although the bug isn't really fixed, right? Because it, if they were to turn that back on, no. the problem would be there. But they've prevented it from no, no, happening. I, I, no, and I, I, so yes. it's kind of, uh, Marco uh, on Twitter, I think, called it the nuclear option. Um, yes. But that's really what it what it was. Well, I think it's the only sensible thing to have done. I mean, you know, it's... There's a um, there's probably a whole field of this that I'm not aware of, but there's probably I one imagines in a company the size of Apple certainly that there's a whole group of people uh, dedicated to dealing with product and service 
um, cock-ups. Right. But then certainly, you know, and this is all, I mean, think about how many things are interacting with all this stuff, but then other people who can be called in. So yeah, I'm glad they, I'm glad they did that. And I'm, I'm, it's, I'm, it's a bummer that it happened, but you'll see that happen sometimes, yeah. but it, it's, it is funny how, um, you know, part of what we enjoy in most of our devices when they work is not noticing that they work and how they work, mm-hmm. simply that they are working. Yeah. You don't think about it. But like, then you, sometimes you see these little flashes and you're like, hmm, that's interesting. That tells me something about how this works. Think about, in a terrible, terrible irony, something happened um, involving the Orwell family. I don't remember the details of this. This is probably four or five years ago now. There's something involving a lawsuit with the Orwell family that was saying, hey, look, 1984 is not, you know, uh, it's still under copyright. You know, copies of this that were sold that weren't put out by us are, you know, Samizdat. You've got to get rid of these. And I think I think it might have been the first time that I feel like was one of the the first time Kindle had Amazon and Kindle had ever at the push level taken content off of a device for that kind of reason. And it was 1984. Right. <laughs> so basically they said anybody who bought, bought 1984, we're like pulling it off your Kindle device. Next time you're connected to wireless, it's not going to be there anymore. Hmm. That was so wild. Wow. We could probably find a source for that. But yeah, it's just interesting when you see like something come along. I had a friend who used to work at Flickr um, in the in the glory days and her job was to go and like, she was an early version of that kind of, what do you call it? Like just going in and saying like, is this like a weird kid thing? Are these boobies? Like her job all day long. She was a community manager, but then her job, big part of her job was like just going to look at reports of naked men rubbing balloons on themselves and stuff like that. And like, then that became her job and she had to pull that stuff. You look at Tumblr right now. If you have a Tumblr account, uh, the five or six of us left, most of us got a, a weird message to say, hey, we just found this photo of yours that like looks suspicious according to our new, um, you know, and, our new right, rules. Right, the new anti-porn rules. Did you get that? No, I haven't got that. But they were they were hilarious. It was so obviously like, you know, something like an AI. <laughs> and I mean, some of them I got. Like, okay, I get that this picture of Spider-Woman in a clingy costume probably looked like, like a raw butt. <laughs> But okay, fine. I'll let it slide. But another <laughs> one was, I should send you this photo. It's so good. Yeah. It's when my, when the confluence of my kid first starting to attempt writing along with our shared love of uh, X-Men and she had written Cyclops in this funny childhood backwards Toys R Us style on a car. Yeah. And I'm guessing it was a crease in her thumb that looked like butt. And they said, no, no, that's, that's gotta go. And I was like, I was like, that's so not butt. And so what's hilarious though, is then I hit the button and said, I said, this is actually, please review this. And I swear to Christ, it had to, it, no more, I want to say 30 seconds, maybe, maybe two minutes. I get an email. It's like, yep, approved. Like, it's not butt. <laughs> I don't know. It's funny, though. Like, when you get down into the weeds about how all these things actually operate and the scale that they have to deal with with trying to solve anything, it's just it's just bananas. That's so why I thought we should just mention that. And that was my anecdote. I imagine I'll hear more about it. And now people who listen to this can tell me if they got it from the same podcast personality. That's pretty interesting. It's pretty... 21 people, Dan. 21. 21 that's a lot of people. That's a lot of group chat. Yeah, it is. It's not but. It's not but. It's not but. It's not but, Tumblr. It's not but. Um, we got a lot. Well, you know what? We got the makings of a classic odds and sods episode here. Yeah. It feels like I see a lot of stuff. We've both put some things. we put some things in notes. Yep. I got a good uh, letter from a listener, two of those. 
Um, maybe we'll jump into some of our links, but would you first want to tell me about something that you like? Oh, I would be more than happy to tell you all about FreshBooks. FreshBooks. Fresh FreshBooks. Everybody knows FreshBooks. Everyone knows FreshBooks. At least, at least they should, because you know we all think back to when we started our our little small business. It was it was not a it was not a little thing. It was a big deal, right? You're you're doing a lot of late nights or early mornings, like I used to do before I would go into work. That's that's when I would do the work I wanted to do. It was like before work and in the evening. And, you know, sometimes you're there all weekend or all night getting stuff done. And really, when you finally get to that point where you can transition to doing it full time, like you're swamped, right? You're insanely yeah. busy. And that's the sign of a... You're of, already wearing so many hats. That's like, right. Do you want to be the collections person for your company? I do not. I do not want to mm-hmm. do that. And uh, and so FreshBooks is here to basically make things a little bit easier. FreshBooks invoicing and accounting software is awesome. It's designed specifically for small business owners. It's designed to be simple and intuitive and you know, it keeps you way more organized than the way that probably the rest of us were doing it before FreshBooks, which is like what throwing your uh, receipts into a uh, into a shoebox or you know printing out invoices in Microsoft uh, Word and and putting a stamp Ugh. on an envelope and mailing them and hoping that they get where it, n- none of that history. Now you but then can, you're basically just you're just throwing it into the time hole. Yeah, and going like, well, I wonder what net anything they're eventually going to pay. I don't know the status of this invoice, and now I got to be a pill. And go and like bug people about it. That's right. And then that's more time. That's more hats. That's more time you're not spending making the thing that you're making the thing that you make. So FreshBooks is here to solve this. You can create and send professional looking invoices. You can file your expenses. It keeps everything organized. And this is something a lot of people the first time or even the fifth time that you're a freelancer or an independent business person, a small company owner, and you've got to do your taxes it's, I mean, it's a nightmare and FreshBooks really helps because it keeps everything organized for tax time. You don't even think about that until you run your own business and you're like, oh my God, what is this? What is this stuff I have to do? And to be able to just pull this information right out of FreshBooks <laughs> you weren't doing awesome. it all along the way and now you have to go back <laughs> That's and like right. figure out That's what right. this is. What is this thing? I need to do a year's worth of work in 20 minutes. Um, but yeah. The best part of FreshBooks is that it grows alongside your business. You're always going to have the tools you need when you need them. You don't ever have to learn the ins and outs of accounting because only accountants want to do that. They've got 24 million people who have used FreshBooks, and now it's your chance to use it. You can try it free for 30 days. There's no catch. There's no credit card even required. You just go to freshbooks.com slash back to work. That supports the show. It lets them know that you're listening. Freshbooks.com slash back to work. And then when you're signing up, there's a little how did you hear about us section. It's important that you type back to work into that so that they can associate your sign up with this show. Uh, But help yourself and help us by uh, checking out Freshbooks. Don't know what I would do without it. Freshbooks.com slash back to work. Thanks very much to Freshbooks for supporting Back to Work with Merlin Mann. Thanks, Freshbooks. Puck, puck. Update. Motorcycle Boy is gone. Yeah. And now they're now it sounds like I'm just gonna use my uh use my shining to say like it sounds like someone is outside with a comically large wrench hitting a pipe. <laughs> just standing there hitting it, whacking it. Well, like imagine like Soviet propaganda, you know, like where you got the view of like the guy and he's kind of looking off like this and he's holding like a comically large wrench. <clears throat> that guy's here. Citizen wrench. Um, got some things. You put some cool links in. What's what's funny? Citizen Ranch. 
<laughs> it's good. Yeah. Listen. Oh, I hear it. Doesn't that sound like a comically large wrench? Yeah. It's just, it's just gonna keep doing that. Oh my god, what's happening? Dum 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 dum. Oh, you have little Beethoven there. No, no, was that was that Beethoven? Wasn't it? I could also do Volga Bolt Volga Boatman. Da 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 da. So now I'm off my game. Oh. You threw me off my rhythm. Um, Dan, where do you want to start? You cut your bike company link. That's so great. Do you want to tell people about uh, the the Gell Man Amnesia effect? Yes, I think someone this is good. wrote in into us about this. The yeah, Gell the listener, the mm-hmm. Gell Man no relation amnesia effect. Nope. Um, the Gell Man amnesia effect describes the phenomenon of an expert believing news articles on topics outside of their field of expertise even after acknowledging that articles written in the same publication that are within the experts fields of expertise are error ridden and full of misunderstanding. Why did the listener send us this? Because we were, he, uh, he or she, I think it was a, he was, um, was saying that this was similar to what we were saying when we were discussing the wire cutter and the wire cutter Mm -hmm. articles. Yes. Yes. It's a, it's a very interesting idea, but it's, you know, like when some, let's go back to Apple. When somebody gets mad at Apple and you go, why do you spend, why do you spend less money on ads at CES and more on improving uh, notes app? Right. And you're like, well, that, that belies a certain misunderstanding about how a company works. Yeah. And I, I think there's a little bit of that to this. I mean, different editors, different sections, different writers, but, but, um, I mean, you know, I think it also, what's the word? Confirmation bias. It's a little mm-hmm. bit of a confirmation bias thing, don't you think? Like we tend to, we tend to absorb, seek out and absorb information that confirms what we already believe rather than the thing that challenges something that's deeply held. Yes. I bet that's a somewhat related thing. Yes. Uh, the interesting yeah. thing, to, thing to me in this, in this uh, Wikipedia entry, it says the term was coined by author mm-hmm. and film producer Michael Crichton. He explains the irony of the term. Well, we don't need to do that, but here's, here's what he writes. Read his, read his, read his quote. He yeah. says, briefly stated, the gel man amnesia effect is as follows. You open the newspaper to an article on some subject you know well. In Murray's case, physics. In mine, show business. You read the article and see the journalist has absolutely no understanding of either the facts or the issues. Often the article is so wrong it actually presents the story backward, <laughs> reversing cause and effect. <laughs> I call these the wet streets cause rain stories. Papers are full of them. In any case, you read with exasperation or amusement the multiple errors in a story and then turn the page to national and international affairs and read as if the rest of the paper was somehow more accurate about Palestine than the baloney you just read. You turn the page and forget what you know. That's so good. That's so good. And like, I'm not going to get on a rant here, even though I'm feeling a little ranty. Do it. I want to hear the rant. Well, Okay, let's let's say this, um, uh, listeners and Dan. Has there ever been any point in your life where you saw something in the newspaper or you saw something on local news that is related to something that you have experienced personally or have direct knowledge of? Most of us have. Where you've seen something. I'm starting at the easiest level. The easiest level of this, where you go like, okay, somebody's doing this reporting on something that happened in my neighborhood, and you go like, wait, hmm, 
that's not exactly right. Or that does not comport with my understanding of this. And you're like, you really noticed that because you think that really sticks out because you're like, wait a minute, I don't think you guys got this story right. Let's go to the next level. At some point in your life, I mean, we're unusual because we've been interviewed for things, but at some point in your life, you might even be quoted in an article. <laughs> you might even appear on a TV show right, or something like right. that. But you certainly had something with extremely direct knowledge where you know what it is that you said or you what you described. There, okay, let me, let me cut to chase number one. Chase number one is there's never been a single thing written about something I've done or been associated with that didn't have at least one minor and sometimes one major like <laughs> factual, you got this completely upside down or deliberately made this wrong. You got this so, so wrong. And I know, I mean, like, I know what I said. I know I, it just, that, that just drives me crazy, yeah. but that, that's an example of that, isn't it? I mean, are you going to stop reading Wired magazine because they got your quote wrong? Well, also you only get four articles a month, but <laughs> I, um, I don't know. I faced this with a certain phrase that I coined some years back that I'm trying desperately to shed, but I'm constantly being reassociated with, even as it is misunderstood. And like, oh man, like for example, there was an article recently in a major magazine, probably just on their website about that phenomenon that quoted a friend of mine. And that friend of mine in advance of had been interviewed for this article. And that friend sent me the extended quote that he had provided to the writer of this article. And it was, it was a wonderfully illuminating explanation of like what people get wrong about Inbox Zero mm -hmm. in this case. And my friend is very smart and a very good writer. And he wrote this really good, like very quotable four paragraph thing that they could use. And they, the author of this, who right now is still just rolling around in this article and getting interviewed about what an idiotic concept Inbox Zero is, chose the one quote in this entire maybe thousand words that was that in a different context could be seen as not just equivocal, mm -hmm. but critical. Mm. So what my friend said, if you read what was actually in there was people going and checking their inbox all day long is madness. Like who would do that? But the way this person chose to use that quote in the article was to say, Basically, it comes across as inbox zero is crazy. Who would do this? Right. If you read it. Right. It completely, any, anybody who's past third grade could read what he said and understand what the velocity and direction of what he was saying was. But no, they chose this one thing. I'm sorry. Now I just got to be in my bonnet because I'm just so goddamn sick of dealing with this fish in a barrel approach to this thing that I really don't care about. Um, but that's the kind of thing that makes you go, ah. Well, let's, now what? Like, what else is out there that I just don't, that I shouldn't take at face value? You certainly see this in political reporting. There's so much reporting yeah. about, you know, third-hand, unsourced rumor of this thing. We don't know who the source is. Presumably that person's editor does. But then, you know, it might end up being wrong. It might not end up being complete. But it's, um, I don't know. I think that's just how journalism is. I think that journalism is like you don't get to spend six years getting to five nines of accuracy in this. Mm -hmm. Like this has to get posted and you got to move on to the next thing, but it's, it can be maddening. So I'm with you, Michael Crichton. Yeah. Michael Crichton got his, uh, got his game still, still going strong after all these years. He didn't, he pass away. Gosh, I hope not. I think he did. Huh? I don't know. Let me look. All right. 
Well, the the second uh, article that I put oh, in. Oh, he passed. He passed in two thousand eight. Yeah, I thought so. He he's six foot nine. Well, he was. was. Mm-hmm. Shorter now. Look at that. I'll be hornswoggled. I read the book Congo. It's the only book his I've read. I think. I don't Congo. think I read Congo, but I've read Andromeda Strain. Um, oh, that's him too. Wow. Of course, he wrote the Jurassic Park films. Mm-hmm. Um, I read a bunch of his earlier stuff before the Jurassic Park. He's a pretty good writer, right? Yeah, he's great. Yeah. And yeah, didn't yeah. he write ER? Did he write ER? Yeah, because know. he was a medical doctor, if I remember okay, correctly. Medical, yes, yes. I think he wrote okay. ER. Yeah, uh, okay. so, oh, okay, here's some I've read. The Andromeda Strain, read that. Did not read Congo, read Sphere. Now, Sphere was a good one. That was in the Abyss time period. Remember the movie The Abyss? Yeah, it's and hard to get a good copy of that these days. Sphere, I'd, lo- I'd love to see it. Sphere was like his version of The Abyss. Okay, okay. And I, wow, Jurassic Park was 1990? Isn't that weird? Well, I mean, the, the movie came out in like, what, 93, 94? I, wow, yeah, that's wild. Yeah. Happened quick. And apparently uh, he wrote and directed the original Westworld and Coma. Look at that Coma. I remember everybody reading that book with that creepy cover. Do you remember, remember Runaway? Cover? He wrote Runaway. Do you remember that with Tom Runaway. Selleck? Runaway with Putting Tom that in Selleck. the show no. notes. Oh my God. Look at that. You haven't seen that? Was Gene Simmons Kirstie Alley? What? <laughs> it was, it's a crazy movie. If you haven't Look seen at, it, it's, it's one of those post Star Wars weirdest like, movie. Space shoot him up? It no, it's not. It looks like that from the picture. But this is a fan. I recommend it. Okay, pause. Everyone must go watch this ridiculous movie. Basically, this is a movie where. Um, where Tom Selleck portrays a police officer assigned to track down dangerous robots. Right, but the ro- Gene Simmons is a scientist who hopes to profit from his malevolent manipulation of robots. But the robots are not cool robots. They're not robots no. like androids. They're not. It's not like Blade are they Runner. Like bloop bloop robots. They're like dumb little metal robots that walk around like super slow on the ground, like like cockroaches, and oh, uh, and and explode. And there's some that I think have a syringe in them and inject you with things. It's, Ooh, that's and, like fantastic. And like the robot, they, I think people like have robots in their homes, but they're all that sort of 80s, uh, Omni magazine, sharper image sure. looking robots that are white like plastic a, like a with a gripper on them. And like you, oh, you, you kind of put a tray on them and they're like, the robot can make drinks for <laughs> I you. I know what you mean. But it's just I know what all, you, all it like really does in, is just like, roll out like with a tray. Like the robot in Black Monday. Yeah, exactly. It like rolls around and brings you drinks. I get it. Yes. Like that, that's the kind of robots. And there's one oh, robot God. that supposedly is like his housekeeper that I think gets, you know, destroyed and uh, you're supposed to feel emotion for the, this robot. Anyway, I highly recommend this. I mean, I'm not going to suggest that people get high and watch TV, but th- if you're no. looking for something to watch when you're high, I imagine this movie would do really, really well for you. Do you remember heart beeps? Is that what it was called? Heart bleeps? <laughs> heart beeps. Heart beeps. Yeah, uh, Google Heartbeeps. Heartbeeps. Yeah. But Gene Simmons is in this. Gene Simmons. What did I see Gene Heart Simmons in beeps. recently? He was in something. Oh, he was in, uh, I think it was Angie Tribeca. Heartbeeps. Oh, Jesus. Look at that. 1981 romantic that? <laughs> yes. What is that thing? Click images. Oh, that's horrible. That's Andy Kaufman. Andy Kaufman and Bernadette Peters. Oh, my God. Yeah, the robots. This is the worst thing. That's Andy Kaufman. I thought it was Chevy Chase. No, it looks like Chevy this Chase. This is her. I, well, Andy we Kaufman. have our show art. 
Yeah, we sure do. Oh my God. And who was the other guy? Who else we got in this? Randy Quaid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, good. Oh, Christopher Guest. I... Look at that. <laughs> really? Huh. It's quite a cast. Heart beeps. Heart beeps. These are horrific. I love you. <laughs> when was this made? I remember it being reviewed on Siskel and Ebert. This is like, like the worst. Yeah, there's a picture of a uh, video of heart beeps from with Ebert right there. What is I, this? Yeah, that was when I was getting way into uh, Siskel and Ebert. Yeah. This is absolutely horrifying. Look at his face. Ugh. Look at that face. What is this? Beep boop. Well, anyway, RIP Michael Crichton, my bad. Wasn't there um, a commercial, a series of commercials that came out that had like a family that was a plastic family? Yes. Yes. What am I thinking yes. of? Yes, 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 yes. Same, same look. Yeah. They were like a suburban yes. family. Oh, what was that for? I don't know if they were robot. Oh, was it Duracell? Ro- Duracell plastic family. Robot family commercial. Oh, God. Yeah. Yes. I'll put this in the oh, show notes, no. too. <laughs> robot Duracell. <gasps> look at the dad. He's all shiny. Ew, it's gross. Yeah, and their clothes oh, are like no. shiny plastic. I feel like this came out of this. It's kind of sexy, though. It's a little bit sexy, well, too. Well, any vinyl is sexy. Come on. Any vinyl sexy, yeah. Huh, look at that. I'll be damned. We learn something every day. Um, tell me about the um, Tell me about the canny boxing. Oh, the bo- so by the way, when I went to this page today, a little yeah. pop-up uh, modal came up and said, want to be a faster cyclist? And your options hmm. are, getting faster is my goal, or... I'm fine spinning the same loops every day. Oh no! Yeah. I like eating other people's dirt. Right. Uh, so the confirm shaming, they call it. The article, the title of the article is the whole article, which is my favorite. <laughs> but it says, "When this bike, when this bike company put a TV on its box, shipping damages went way down." Dutch this bike manufacturer so... Van Moof got fed up with how often U.S. shippers damage its products, so they got creative. But it actually is genius. Basically, so genius. this Dutch bike it doesn't say that it's a. We we it's already in show notes. But yeah, like it's a big ass box. Yes, but the primary thing you notice on it <laughs> is what looks like a sixty-five inch TV. Yes, that happens to have a knockout reverse white image of a bike on. Yeah, it. and all it says is Van Moof electrified ass outsmart the city and it so looks like a tv box it really does it is and and basically this company makes i guess the it's the kind of bike where you pedal and it has a little electric motor in it or something that it's a high-end commuter bike but they Mm -hmm, were mm -hmm. getting damaged in shipping all the time especially in the u.s and so they um I guess they were sitting there thinking, what can we do to try and eliminate some of the damage? And they, they realized that the big, a big screen TV box is about the same size and weight as their bike box. So to convince mm-hmm. the shipping companies to handle the product with more care, they started printing this picture of a TV <laughs> on the packaging with the bike on it. But it, it, it instead now looks like it has a TV and damages. Here's what it says in the article. Damages dropped by 80% since then, That's according insane. to the company. Just by changing the packaging and making you think different. It, it reminds me a little bit of like the things you get in the mail that are like important financial information only to be opened by the recipient. Right. Like, Duh. That's what mail is. <laughs> and it's like, but it's like, Oh, you're, you've qualified for a loan. It's like, have I, what, why are you, my poor grandmother used to get fooled. There's that thing in the 80s and the 90s where they would send you something that looked like a FedEx. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. The, they would fake like the right, like the blue the and, and red. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like deliver immediately. <laughs> well, yeah, that's mail <laughs> to be opened only by recipient. Right. Can unlike you, other first class? Right. Can mail. you imagine the people in the post office? Well, this one has colors oh. on it, so we better rush <laughs> we this one. We got a green letter. <laughs> no, what is it? We got a blue letter. <laughs> uh. Uh, you know, that's an underrated movie. Um, what's the movie I'm talking about with Paul Newman? Yeah. You know, for kids. Yeah. Hudsucker Proxy. That's an underrated movie. He hmm. was, um, he wasn't the main guy in that, though, was he? Paul Newman. Sure, sure. What? He was uh, Sid Musburger. Why do I remember that? He was Sid, Sid, Sid Musburger. Sure, sure, kid. No, it had, and then but it had, had the Shawshank guy in it, was the main guy. It had guy. Shawshank, and it had, it had, um, it had, um, uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Uh, what's her name? Andrea oh, the, yeah, the lady. Meyer. Lorelai Failsafe Gibson. Oh Wasn't Jessica, that a Coen Jessica, Brothers movie Jessica. too? Her name is her name is Katrina Lemon Meyer. Her name is Jennifer, Jennifer Jason, Jason Lee. Lee is Amy Archer. Didn't even need to look. Didn't need to look. Mm-hmm. Oh, she was terrific, and she did that like Anna that Nicole Smith was in this. Anna Nicole Smith. Yes, I think she had a small okay. a small role. Um. And it's got that great scene, that great scene where the guy, where he tries to speak Swedish to the guy and gets slapped. Oh, it's so funny. He gets punched. Heart, heart good beeps. Movie. Heart beeps. Heart beeps. Hi, I'm Andy Kaufman. <laughs> um, what else we got? That's a good thing. That's a good thing. That's a shame you got to do that, but you got to do that. I had an Amazon thing. I bought a bowl. And uh, the guy threw it. He threw the bowl. He threw the box with the bowl. Is this the, the same guy with the, bowl. with the hair color? Oh, no, no. He's, he's long gone. Oh. That guy's long gone. Oh, he was bad. The FedEx guy? That guy was bad news. Mm. Yeah. Um, it's not, but we've got, uh, what else we got here? We've got, was there anything else in there? Let me go look. Something about Amazon exec Riles. Firefox. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. If you want to talk about that, give me that. Give me that, and then we'll hear about something you like. The well, this started because a, I, I guess there was some kind of a Microsoft um, thing. I don't know if it was a conference or if it was on Twitter or what it was, but somebody from Microsoft, one of their execs, said um, because a, as you probably know, Microsoft has scrapped their own browser engine and they are switching over to use chromium which is the open source Mm -hmm. browser engine that powers chrome and a handful of other um that used to be pretty hot for a while i seem to remember there was a there's a mac only browser that had that flavor yeah um it was pretty like a blue icon i don't remember but yeah that was that was going to be the way for like like smartphones and tvs use chromium uh opera i think is Hmm. chromium based um there's a bunch of other ones and for whatever reason microsoft was made a comment like mozilla you should just quit screwing around and operating in a silo and just switch over to chromium like we did because that's that's the future of the web, and that's if you really hmm. cared about the web. Oh, here's what he says. It was on Twitter. Thought, it's time for Mozilla to get down from their philosophical ivory tower. The web is dominated by Chromium. If they really cared about the web, they would be contributing instead of building a parallel universe that's used by less than 5%? Question mark? And, um, wow. and so, you know... I think a lot of, I know that my kids, both of them, like all the computers in their school 
are yep. using Mozilla. I think it has some really good privacy stuff. I don't use it. When Chrome is a platform now. It I really mean, it's is. like what my daughter does on her Chromebook. She does everything in Chrome. Yeah. And think about though, think about the, the, the way that Chrome and Chromium behind it, I guess, is becoming so prevalent. It's almost like Internet Explorer was back in the day hmm. when that was the only browser really? around. Is that true? Yeah, I think fail like it because everyone had to design stuff for Internet Explorer because, well, everyone's on IE. And even though I'm on a Mac over here, I've yes. got to go design for all the millions of PC users. Chrome is is being used by a lot of people. It says here in the article that Firefox is only about 5% of web usage. I don't know what where that number actually comes from and I don't know what chromium powered hmm, that seems low. Yeah, but apparently that's it. But anyway, what what I thought was interesting about this isn't all of that. Hmm. It's the whole concept of you know, if if chrome really is dominant and isn't just dominant but moves into the huge majority then aren't we really just kind of like browsing the way that google wants us to browse and is that something mm -hmm. that we should be concerned about you know uh if if, if everyone is using a chromium based browser and then everyone's sort of designing for that doesn't that harm the web doesn't that harm the ecosystem, the ecosystem? I, I don't know I, I guess so it's it's i mean i used chrome almost exclusively well it's still let me put it this way there's been a definite flip in the last two months for me where i've used chrome everywhere i could use it for years because <clears throat> I, I really liked i thought i needed all those plugins mm. all those extensions mm -hmm. but like between my own experience and the news headlines i catch and I, admittedly i do not follow the world of browser wars carefully but my own experience was holy crap this thing just keeps getting and you know i'm not like i'm not john syracuse i don't really care that much what an app looks like but for me to notice how ugly it was getting was painful mm -hmm. and i kept having to go into chrome flags or whatever and like shut off material my god what is happening it is now just execrable it looks so ugly now they've added the thing where you have they've changed the key for quit because they want it to be open all the time. Oh, we don't want to close that by accident. <laughs> now there's right. you couldn't changing. you couldn't possibly intend to close Chrome on purpose. No. Surely this is an error. I mean, this is all that's all small potatoes, but then the headlines I do see are like there was that thing about weirdly like keeping you logged into the Chrome ecosphere, even if you thought you were signed out of that ecosphere, that's really gross. And I guess they fixed that. I don't know. Now there, there's concerns about like malware in the um, malware in the extensions. So they're going to like potentially hobble ad blockers, according to the headlines. Right. So like, I, I don't know. I just, I finally had had it. There was, on, we spent 15 minutes on reconcilable differences a few weeks ago talking about like, you know, just the way it looks. Like when you have Chrome and it's not focal, not hidden, but like you're in another app, the tabs turn impossibly gray to like you can't tell what a tab is, except now the text of the tab is red. And like there's just all this stuff that was just like, it was so offensive looking. And then I was like, you know, why, do I, why don't I go all in on Safari? It's really fast. It's easy on the battery and everything's all synced up. Like, and I now... Uh, Chrome, Chrome is my new Microsoft Word. Like I generally only open it by mistake, 
where I've gone in. And if y'all don't know this, you know, you can go in and choose a default browser. Other browsers will want to be the default browser. But there's also, uh, you can, if you ever uh, are wondering why this thing launches after you thought you changed it, you can rebuild the launch database with some terminal foo. And makes everything so much better. It cleans up all your duplicates under open with, and it re-verifies that everything is the one that you want. And I had to do that to get stuff like reminders to remember that I want Safari, not Chrome. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you know, Chrome's good. It's, it's good for stuff. My kid doesn't know anything else other than Chrome. But yeah, I take your point. I mean, I, I, I am not sure what a diversity of browsers brings that's super positive, but I can guess what a paucity of browsers means in terms of the negative. Yeah. Having lots of different browsers puts me back in the days of all the stuff you used to have to put in the head of a document to trick all the different versions of different browsers to do roughly the same thing. Yeah, and I mean, I... That used to be so crazy. There's all of this goulash that you would have to stick in the head of your document at a baseline just to get them to do roughly the same thing. And it was crazy making. I really doubt that we're going to wind up in exactly that situation again, but... If, you know, I mean, should, should we, there's certainly an upside to saying, well, everyone has the same browser. Everyone on the earth has the same browser, but do we mm. want that to be Google's browser? I don't, right. you know? No, I know. I know. I, I take, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to move I'm, everything I do off of, off of Google piece by piece now, you know? Um, and hmm. it's, I'm not, I'm not like on the bandwagon no, of, of hating it, to be, but. We're so used to people being a nut one way or another about something and believe me, I'm not talking about centrism and politics. You literally don't want to get me started on that. But in this instance, it's like you're supposed to have like some big flag waving campaign for why you choose to make anything in your life less bad. And that's what you're doing, right? And what you're doing is saying like, there's things about this that I find unsavory. I don't want to be all in on this. I want to be using different things and arguably not have to bicker with people right. about your decision. Yeah, I respect it all. I mean, um... Yeah. Heartbeeps. Heartbeeps. So Andy Kaufman and Bernadette Peters. It I don't think it earned back. No, I don't think it would have. That's a shame. When did he die? Andy Kaufman? Yeah. Um yeah. he hasn't. He's mm-hmm. not dead. All right. He died in eighty four. So they say. Yeah. <laughs> he was Bob's Muda all along. <laughs> um, Dan, would you like to tell me about a second thing that you particularly like? Ah, uh, sure. I would love to tell you about Hopsy. 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 Hop. That's beer, buddy. Hopsy's story begins, Merlin, in 2017. Three guys who just, the they just of <laughs> loved some craft beer. And they loved mm-hmm. this amazing craft beer scene that was right in your town in San Francisco and across mm-hmm. the rest of the country. But there were so many breweries that they said, you know what, we could never get to know them all. And there's so many that are around the country that we'll never get to visit. And, uh, and you know what, you'd have to be like a professional beer drinker just to keep up. And they, they obviously couldn't do that. So mm-hmm. a professional beer drinker. Uh, that's, yes. I mean, so they, but is that like a federal body inspector? Well, <laughs> do you get a hat? I'm sure you get a hat. I'm sure if you get a hat, maybe an apron right. to wear, overalls, dungarees. Oh, right, right, right. Maybe some kind of protective gloves. Or a patch, a patch you could put get a patch um yeah. but they thought this was like an opportunity so you know this is this is the thing everybody everybody who drinks beer knows the best way maybe the only way to get it is straight from the tap that's where it's the freshest that's where it tastes the best 
And with this in mind, this is what the founders of Hopsy said to do. They, they, um, they turn to, to the sub. What is the sub? This is like a, a, a kegerator m- <laughs> married a Keurig and had, mm-hmm. had a, uh, a, beer baby. a, a beer baby. <laughs> and beer baby. <laughs> you could call this Keurig for beer. It is a countertop home draft tap that exists right there in the comfort of your own home. Maybe you have it on your desk at work. I don't know. It's your thing. Um, but without the price tag that many beer drinkers are, uh, are expecting, and you can have your own beer bar at home with the sub. This is a countertop appliance. It looks cool. It works great right in your kitchen, in your bar, your living room, wherever you want to have it. And you get a variety of different beer styles from big and small breweries, and these rotate monthly. So you can get these things, they're sent to you, and you get to experience something different every time. It is super cool. Um, Merlin, you, you have one of these, right? Yeah. I mean, I'm not much of a beer guy, but if I were, I would find this super attractive. Basically you get this really cool, they send you, at least the package I got, they send you this, this called a kegerator and it's like a little fridge for, uh, for beer. And it holds, what does one of them hold? Like approximately like six or seven, the equivalent of six or seven bottles of beer, yeah, something like that. Yeah. And you, you basically chill it down you put it in there and now you got an easy way to dry yourself a tasty little draft beer. We went, we went through one in a, in a day and a half and it was real good. It was real nice. One weekend we were doing like yard work stuff. It was really nice. That's so cool. And like people, you know, and you can pick lots of different kinds. That's the, I think the key here is that there are, it's, you know, these devices exist, but what they're offering you is like a bespoke way to have a kind of beer that you like, uh, which I think is a neat idea. And what you don't need to do, like you don't need some CO2 cartridge, like, you know, like, like some of the home machines that make seltzer, you don't need a CO2 cartridge. You just get the, it, they're these, send you these little mini kegs. You pop that in, in the sub and that's mm-hmm. it. And like, you're ready to go and it's fresh and ready to go. And I think they said that it like one little mini keg lasts for two weeks fresh, I think. So this is a very cool thing. They made a special URL. You'll, you'll drink that in less than two oh, weeks. Oh yeah. I mean, who, yeah. who's going to wait that long? Tryhopsy.com. So it's T-R-Y-H-O-P-S-Y. Tryhopsy.com slash back to work supports the show and then use the promo code back to work. You will get the sub home draft machine. You'll get two mini kegs of beer, which is equivalent to two six packs. You will get two hopsy glasses and you'll get a free membership in the monthly beer club all for 99 bucks. Terms and conditions mm-hmm. apply. But let me just say that again, cause that's a good deal. You get the sub, you get two mini kegs of beer, you get two hopsy glasses, you get the free membership in the, in, in the club for 99 bucks tryhopsy.com slash back to work promo code back to work gets you that deal and uh, i think you're gonna like it so go check it out thanks hopsy thanks for the beer baby hopsy 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 um, do you ever go to a ball game you got the guy Pepsi in the back yeah i love that i like that i like when they talk love funny. that i like that yeah yeah hey thompson <laughs> um but 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 can we do one listener letter yeah we got. I had two this week, but we're running a um, little long. I vet, I do want to address listener Zarek asking, "Can podcasts be evil?" I'll save that for perhaps next. Okay. Week. Can I do the one from listener Stephen about li- what I what I'm calling life after editorial? Okay. Uh, listener Stephen writes. Uh, Recently, you both talked about text files in NVALT and text editors and managing the plain text lifestyle <clears throat> in both iOS and macOS. Um, long time MVL user slash lover editorial. This is an iOS app 
Uh, Editorial is the only iOS app that, that played nicely with the NVALT folder of text files. Is this making sense? Yes. If you have plain text files, you can keep them on a folder, for example, on Dropbox, and that will enable you to using an app like Editorial mm-hmm. on iOS, using an app like NVALT on Mac, um, be able to have those files synced in a pretty reliable way so that all your text goes with you. And so, you know, that you get all the, the lightness and power of text files. I mean, I say I, that, does, that doesn't seem to make sense on the face of it, but you're not committed to formats with text. So in my case, I use uh, Markdown, multi-markdown to like do stuff to the text and that just gets synced everywhere. And so he's, he's asking about that, just so you're clear. Um, and I agree. For a long time, editorial was the only one that played ni- nicely. Uh, as has been noted by Merlin and Federico Vitici and others, editorial seems to be falling into disrepair. Ooh. You think? <laughs> you briefly mentioned FS Notes. Was that yours? You mentioned FS Notes? I think we talked about FS Notes, yeah. I tried it once, um, which has promise, but I've talked to the developer and he wants to stick with iCloud as a repository for syncing and storage. Right. New paragraph. Would you maybe take a few minutes in an upcoming episode to talk about your thoughts on moving forward with text-based files working across your multiple platforms. Um, more, 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 et cetera. So uh, thank you to listener, Stephen. Uh, what does life look like when editorial, uh, which has been the go-to for good reason mm-hmm. for a long time, editorial on iOS doesn't seem like it's happening. I'm looking so what does s- life look like? When was the last well, I'm going to go look. When's version. the last update? Yeah. Going now. Okay, I'm clicking. Yeah, clicking and waiting. Uh, version history. 1.33 was June 29th, 2017. Was the last time Ooh. it was updated. So we're we're not quite at two years. Let's see. I see here version history, version 133 from what they're describing as one year ago. Hmm. Well, here's the thing. I mean... This is somewhat true for all people, but it's especially true for old guys in quote unquote tech. You know, if something isn't broken, you tend to stick with yeah. it. Yeah. I feel like. Yeah. I mean, in our younger days, I would fiddle, I would do things with my profile, you know, my batch profile. I'd endlessly play around for no particular reason other than I like playing with my profile phrasing. And uh I uh I feel like I am very much in a place where I've got stuff that mostly works for what I need to do. It occasionally needs tweaks because what I'm doing changes or the landscape changes. But just to lay the groundwork here, I'm very much, I'm big lazy bones about changing stuff that's working for me. I mean, I'm going to intuit here based on your discussion of your laptop not working that you're kind of the same way. Yeah, I definitely am. I mean, if I find something that works, I like to stick with it. I don't like to change something unless there's really a good value to to changing it, you know, and yeah, well, but not worth the change in inertia to get rolling. Yeah, worth the potential downsides if it doesn't work, but just worth the like cost of the the something a lot of folks don't think about. The, no matter how easy it is, there's still a cost mm-hmm. to making that change, mm-hmm. even if it's the cost of you relearning which which thing to click on your phone. But there is always a cost, and you do I feel like have to intelligently reckon well first of all hippocrates like is there any obvious risk or downside to me even attempting this and increasingly that's not so much of a thing i mean for a variety of reasons on ios but no long story short like i'm still using editorial every day and it still bums me out that it's not doing the stuff i want to do and i don't feel like there's signs of life there 
Well, I think um, what what people like, and I don't want to, you know, steal your thunder, but what I think people liked about editorial for iOS is yeah. Let's let's talk about why we like. It. I mean, it had one. If was it the first, if not the first, it was one of the ones that had really really good markdown support, and it also mm-hmm. had a ton of like workflows and themes and. People used it for doing everything from like you could do code in it, you could do blog posts in it, you could. It does, it handles task paper. I mean, right. depending on how you name a file, it does task paper lists right in the app. So easy to use. Well, I mean, one this like really dumb stuff that I just love. So I have a document here called Back to Work Show Notes, DDLD for today. And all I have to do is sw- swipe, from, swipe from right to left and it goes to an HTML preview, right? It's so great. And then it has all of these. Uh, integrations where you can drop in all different kinds of little scripts to like do stuff for you, you know, archive done tasks from task paper, give me statistics on this search Wikipedia based on what I've selected. And, you know, that's an ecosystem that people would contribute to that. You could find little bits of code that would do stuff for you. But I mean, really, I mean, I don't want to undersell it, but like one of the primary things was that like it was as rock solid as Dropbox is at not screwing up your files or clobbering things unintentionally. As long as you stayed somewhat updated yeah. from, you know, session to session. I mean, I wouldn't go a year without syncing, but uh, it worked. It just, it worked a treat. And between that, that combination of NVALT, editorial and Dropbox has been a very, very good combination that, that works. But I don't want to be unkind, but it really has languished. It has not seen updates that we see in other things. Well, way back in the old days, 2013, August 20th of 2013, you and I did an episode 133 called I'm Glad Your Computer Died, which <laughs> in which you discuss there's a broken image in there. Um, but that's probably it's probably because Dropbox stopped doing. Yeah, but we images. we talked you probably more uh, talked about uh, there's hmm. links in there editorial for iPad. Um, mm-hmm. editorial for iPad, a landmark in iOS text editors, reinventing iOS automation. Uh, and so there was a, a, I have a feeling that if people are curious to, to research what we thought about editorial and what you liked about it, I think this is the, an episode sure. to start with. Um, but there is a path forward for shizzle on iOS. I'm going to just blatantly, I'm not compensated for this, but I am blatantly going to tell you if you're looking for another way to go, there's absolutely, I mean, if you want to get into bear, bear's cute. I know people like it. Millennium seem to love bear. That's fine. I want plain text files. I want, I want just letters, right? Keep it real simple. I don't need to make PDFs out of this, although I could, I'm going to tell you straight up, uh, go get drafts. Um, by Agile Tortoise, which has a, an extremely capable new version for iOS that's come out in the, in the last few months. It's awfully, awfully, awfully good for something. Does does what editorial did and much more. Mm. Um, and what's nice is Greg has been releasing betas. I think he's very close to an official release of drafts for macOS, which I've been using for months. Uh, it's a real, real good system. If you're, if you're just getting into the world of text files and no, for whatever reason, let's say notes, bear, whatever it is, doesn't accommodate your needs, whatever your needs are. I would very much look at drafts because I, 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 you know what I'll find, I did a podcast with Greg, with, um, friend Renee Ritchie about drafts and I'll put that in notes, but I am a huge fan of drafts. And I can't even exactly tell you why I haven't switched all the way over yet, apart from just that resistance about moving several thousand files. 
but I, I'm really tempted to just kind of start over. You know, sort of like that Martha Stewart method of take everything out and put it in a box. Yeah. <clears throat> and if you don't use it, you don't need it. Mm-hmm. I'm very tempted to go all in on drafts because it is, it's so updated. It's so aggressively updated. Please give Greg all the money. It's a very, very, very good app. Uh, I am shilling for this app. I don't get compensated for it, but I genuinely love drafts. And it is one of the most aggressively developed apps on my phone right now. It's, I really recommend it. What, what are you, what's your thinking on the elements thing? Well, um, before I go to that on episode number 372 recorded in April of 2018, you talked a lot about drafts, uh, an agile tortoise and, um, linked to a vector podcast with, Oh yeah, that would be it. How long ago was that? That must've been in the April 17th. To eight, 2018 time period, but that's that's the one. I'll put it in. Notes. Yeah, and and uh, but you talked about it here. So if you're curious, as you should be, about what drafts can do, this is this is the place to go for that. Um, you know, I I have drafts five on iOS, and I think it's fantastic. It's probably the best, but for me, I think of it in a longer form kind of a writing, like for writing, writing, mm-hmm. um, for, for me doing like quick little notes, kind of the way that I do them with envy alt, I'm, I'm using an app, uh, called one writer, mm-hmm. which People love one writer. Yeah, yeah. And I, I imagine you could do long form stuff with one writer. Just fine. On. I've got it on here for sure. I'm looking at it now. Yeah. They've got a nice website for it. I'll put that in the show notes too, but I really like one writer and I use that as a, as my general purpose thing. But what's really nice about it is that if you, if you're into envy alt, which you should be, you can go into envy alt and under the looking here under the notes section, um, you, you can pick the place where you want it to store and create and read notes from. And it, mm-hmm. you can call it whatever you want. I think it defaults to notational data because that is what NVALT is. It's been for years. Yeah. So yeah. you can just leave it there. And then under store, under the there's a little section under there. You don't need to do synchronization or anything, but if you click the little storage tab, it's a store and read notes on disk as. And I think the default is single database. Yeah, it used to get the, the default, I think, was always to keep it in one big one blob. big ass blob. So change yeah. that to I recommend plain text files since you're going to be using Markdown because you're smart anyway. So mm-hmm. change it to plain text files. And then all of your notes are individual text files. And then when you're in one writer, you basically point it at the same Dropbox folder that you just picked in NVALT's preferences. I should mention that notational data folder should be somewhere in Dropbox and then everything is just automatically synced and it all just works and all your notes show up everywhere. And that's the easiest way to do it. That's how I do it when I'm doing this kind of thing. And I find I don't, I don't create a whole lot of notes on my phone. I do sometimes, Mm. but looking at them or being able to pull them up and easily get to them on the phone is super useful. But I do do a lot of creating uh, on the iPad as well as the Mac. So having that synced is just makes everything super easy, but I, I don't, does drafts do this? Does drafts have access to this in the same way? Mm-hmm. I haven't tried I mean, that. I think so. I mean, I, I don't know if it does. <laughs> this is, this is the curse of somebody who's been using something for a long time. I don't know what all it does. Cause it does what I do, right. but for sure it does Dropbox. Like I just opened one writer and pointed it at my text files thing. Uh, I did a zip right before that just to be safe, but yeah, I'm putting it in and I'll have a look at one writer again. 
But drafts is just like, it's like a Swiss Army knife. And what's great about it is, in this newer version, is it continues to be the leader in just give me a place to type. Like, it's just, you don't have to be, you don't get a bunch of, quote unquote, Chrome. You don't get a bunch of, like, navigation and stuff. But if you do start poking around, you're going to see some cool stuff. You're going to see that if you choose, it will remember the location where that was created and updated on a map, like, which can be strangely cool. It'll do stuff like it's got an organization mode. This is something editorial has out of the box that I love. But you can hit this like organization mode where you treat lines as draggable things to move around. Mm-hmm. I wish that was a little easier to get to in drafts, but it's not hard. But there's so much power under the hood. And then just the endless number of things that little chunks of code that you can use to do stuff. Something as simple as make this bold in Markdown to one that I use several times a day, which is save this file using the first line plus a date stamp as a file in Dropbox. Makes it so easy to Mm, do. That's awesome. I'm not but seeing it's maybe... the struggle. The struggle is real. I mean, there's there's a lot of <laughs> options, and it's 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 a it's it's a very good time. Well, I, I kind of speak for myself as ever, but I feel like it's an especially good time to ask yourself what you're really trying to accomplish. Um, you could drive yourself crazy chasing the dragon on trying to get some updated system for something that you don't really need to be that. I would say for most people, this is going to be shocking, but for most people, really look at notes. Notes does more than you probably think. Plus, it's got an amazing extension that is so terrific for adding in little cards without even having to open the document. You know, Have a look back at notes. It syncs everywhere. It's real good. You can share them with people. My family collaborates very actively in notes. For most people, notes is going to be fine. If you have, this is a scientific wild-ass guess, if you had, have more than 50 notes and you need to access more than a third of them regularly, you're reaching the tipping point as far as I'm concerned because it doesn't have the organizational stuff um, built in that, that some of these other ones do. But notes is fine for most people. But keep it light. You don't need a giant system. I mean, Bear's like a lifestyle for some people. They just, the people are just, I'll put it in notes, but it's more than I need. I mean, if you're, I can think if you're, if you're all Mac and you're interested in the features of Bear and maybe you came from the Evernote camp and you're cool with keeping everything in iCloud, you know, mm-hmm. then I think that's, that's a perfect solution for most many people. Um, I can't find an option. We don't need to spend time on the show doing this, but I can't find an option in drafts to use anything except iCloud for syncing. There's an option under storage that says iCloud sync. Um, You can't find Dropbox. I don't see one and perhaps it's a pro feature. I am not on drafts pro. Oh, there you go. That could be it. Um, um let me think. That might get me I to upgrade go. though. Um clicking on the gear. I'm clicking on let's see. I see iCloud sync. Yeah, I don't remember. See now now all my I'm sorry if I said this wrong, but my think all of my this might have been why, why I got held up last time. I do believe it uses only iCloud. It may not use Dropbox. I am probably concatenating that with editorial. I regret the error. Yeah, I don't know if it does Dropbox. That's that's a really, you, you uh, blew my gourd on that. You know, I don't know because I don't do iOS development. Uh, I'm, I haven't for many, many years. But, you know, I would think allowing someone to store their files in Dropbox, you know, that I would think that would be similar in difficulty to storing it in iCloud. Again, I don't, I don't know that, 
But that's the kind of thing that when I see Dropbox yeah. as an option, I'm like, yes, because that's where I want to keep all my crap. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I, I hear you. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I guess my, my message would be um, just to keep it a little short. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of options out there. Don't worry about that. You're going to find options. But just really ask yourself what it is you need to accomplish. And don't feel like you have to go all in for months on one of these and then switch to another. Just be real clear about how often you do what kind of thing where and then look for an elegant solution that fits that. You know what I'm saying? Yes. I'm still doing penance for 43 folders. I got to make sure I don't encourage people to just jack around in their apps all day. <laughs> I don't think jacking around is a thing, but it should be. Yeah. Sometimes there's accidental touching. You give somebody a Texas tit twitty, <laughs> Texas titty twister, I like even though they didn't specifically tick it off on the menu. That's right. Get some, get some Wyndham Hill music, get some wind chimes, and then big, big squeeze. Right on the areola. Ooh. Areola. That's a pretty name for a girl. Hmm. Mm. Um, should we button this up? Ah, yeah, let's. Okay, I love you. Love you too, Merlin, man.